1: Hello guys, welcome to our show. Today we discuss about SEO forecast. how you can calculate this data by using AI. I am so excited to discuss this topic with Scott Staffer. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Anatoly? Doing great. Looking forward to learn more about that. I'm using AI I use before ChatGPT. Today I use a lot more. SEO, yeah, I'm probably plus 12 years in SEO. So looking forward to combine AI and SEO. Scott, before we start, just tell more. About yourself, experience, background, and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Sure. So, I uh, had an interesting
0: path into the SEO industry. Uh, I started, I, I got a uh, double master's degree at Carnegie Mellon University uh, in computer and electrical engineering. Before that, I started coding when I was six years old on a Commodore 64. So, I got into software and uh, engineering early on in my career, uh, started working for companies like IBM. And uh, uh, basically got called up by a friend of mine at Carnegie Mellon and said, hey, do you want to start up a software company? And this was in 1999, right down the street from Google. And uh, so started doing that for uh, a few years and kind of got the bug, uh, the software bug and and stayed in the software industry uh, ever since. Uh, Around 2006, I uh, ran into uh, somebody who had actually kind of perfected uh, SEO for his local market for uh, ho- the health hotel market in uh, Key West, Florida. And uh, he, he uh, uh, asked me if I could replicate that across all the other cities. And this was something that was fairly straightforward for me from a software enter- enterprise software grade background. Uh, and I said, yes. And that was sort of the birth of uh, Market Brew. So Market Brew eventually, uh, it started out as sort of a uh, trying to game algorithms. So we were we were mostly writing uh, code and, and content to uh, rank uh, whatever sites that we needed to rank. And then eventually, a few years later, we started to realize that the, this cat and mouse game was was not a very long term, uh, good long term strategy. So we uh, pivoted to building our own search engine to show digital marketers why uh, things ranked the way they did. So that was the 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 sort of the the future of what we saw of Google was uh, that it would eventually become this black box, and it would be very hard to understand well, what uh, uh, what is is happening inside of that black box. And uh, and sure enough, that's that's essentially what what happened. So over the course of the next uh, 15, 16 years, uh, Market Brew has grown into an enterprise grade. A uh, search engine that is not used as a normal search engine, what, what uh, you would use Google or DuckDuckGo or something like that. Our search engine uh, is used by digital marketers to replicate an environment in a search engine. So whether that's Google or Baidu or any search engine around the world and effectively dive into that black box and understand a little bit more at the first principles level what's actually happening. So we can see individual algorithmic scores and so forth. Uh, we had a, a, a good run for about uh, four or five years. Uh, we had 60,000 plus users in a beta, uh, 2000, around 2009, 2010. And then Google changed its uh, approach to search. As we all know, it, it changed from a rules-based uh, approach to a neural net, neural network-based approach, a machine learning-based approach. And uh, many of you are aware of the, the Quality Rater Guidelines, that get put out uh, by Google, what that effectively is, is a a guideline to have humans put websites into different buckets. So this is a good, good website, this is a bad website. And then they feed that into a machine learning process, uh, a neural network that allows them to adjust the bias and weight settings of all the different algorithms inside of its uh, core search engine model. And that allows them to essentially fine tune each search result. So uh, the bad news is that uh, if you had kind of figured out how to rank really well for one keyword, uh, that no longer applied to all the other keywords. So you you essentially had a different flavor of algorithms for each search result. And uh, so luckily, we had a, a huge discovery in 2014, 2015, uh, uh, we stumbled upon a genetic algorithm called particle swarm optimization. And this genetic algorithm, it, it mimics... Uh, uh, swarms of insects or birds. Uh, There's many different ways to kind of visualize this, Uh, but it allows you to sort of traverse a multi-dimensional space uh, very quickly. So in other words, uh, you know, if you, you, you can imagine all the different algorithms inside of a search engine, right? And we're trying to model all of these and each one has a bias and weight setting. And it would literally take on the order of, you know, thousands of years to try every single permutation or a combination of these settings to figure out you know, what is the combination that makes our search results look like Google's. And so the particle swarm optimization was a huge shortcut. We were able to, to start embedding that inside of our search engine model. And after that, we were able to essentially point the, the market brew search engine to any search results we want on any environment. So whether that's desktop or mobile or Google or Baidu or or whatever search engine, we we give it a set of of ranking results, and it can essentially reverse engineer what the bias and weight settings on each of the the modeled algorithms that we have inside of MarketBrew to produce the same results. So we, uh, of course, have iterated upon this uh, for many years now, and so we have very automated systems now. Uh, You can literally just go in and put a point at a a ranking uh, page or a SERP and it'll automatically do everything for you. So it traverses the entire tree of, of uh, p- potential settings and out comes this calibrated search engine. So effectively a Google simulator, if you wanna think of it that way, it's all a model of Google, right? So we're not actually reverse engineering any code here, uh, we're effectively just modeling different areas of the search engine. So whether that's off page, we look at things like Penguin and Panda algorithms.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, there's there's uh, on page stuff. So we look at topic clustering and uh, a lot of the uh, generative AI stuff. Uh, basically, anything that we uh, uh, view as sort of a, a component of the search engine, we've modeled inside of our search engine. And uh, effectively, what that does is it, since we built this from the ground up, uh, we can dive into that search engine whenever we want. So we once it's calibrated, we can sort of go through into that black box and and say, hey, you know which algorithms are responsible, mostly responsible for the ranking position on this search engine result page? And we can effectively grade you know certain algorithms are more important than others. And we can see this change through time. So as Google changes its algorithms, we can recalibrate the model and we can see certain algorithms are now more important or less important. And then based off of that, that gives us sort of a flavor of algorithms for a given search engine result page. We can then look at any target page. So that happens to be, you know, like our clients, they'll, they'll want to compare their target page against the best site that's doing the best in that specific algorithm. So we look at all the algorithms that matter. We then look at the statistical gaps between the, the, the outcomes of these algorithms for your target page versus... The, uh, the, the best sites that perform in that, that specific algorithm. And then we can effectively do a sort of a task by comparison feature. So we can say, hey, this is what the best site is doing here for, you know, the meta title or uh, uh, con- uh, some, some uh, content writing or whatever, uh, uh, heading vectors, whatever the algorithm is. And then this is what you're doing. And you can see the difference between sort of side by side. And then if you want to go deeper, you can effectively go all the way down to first principles level, right? You can go down to individual link scoring uh, and and understand the link graphs and the anchor text graphs and all these things that are happening uh, inside of a search engine. So, I basically have uh, been heading up that operation for the last 15 years, uh, building search engines, uh, and it's been quite a quite a ride. It's uh, everything has gotten very technical now, so people are more apt to come toward our towards our solution. I think the beginning of of the timeline of market brew, most people had the data they needed. Uh, They could just get the data from uh, the search console or analytics or something like that. Uh, But now most of the tools, uh, they're just kind of stuck looking in a black box. So they just see the rankings that are coming out of that black box. And then they're going to try to forecast upon that. It's it's really tough because you don't have the granularity to forecast uh, what things are causing what changes. Um, and yeah. so uh, a lot of people are turning to a solution like ours because we have a, a more uh, granular approach. We can, we can pick out exactly which algorithms are responsible for ranking, which ones are responsible for the, the gap between your, your current ranking and, and uh, where you wanna be. Um, and then allows you to basically make those changes on the model, right? So it's like your Google simulator. So you, you can m- add some content and see what will happen on, uh, on that search engine. Uh, and, and effectively what you'll see on the ranking uh rank trackers and you know in a roughly about 45 60 days from now so um yeah so that's that's sort of the the history of of how i got into this um i'm really a, just a software guy uh, uh masquerading as an seO person um <laughs> just I've, I've learned seO from a different angle I guess and it's interesting because most people come at it from the outside of the search engine sort of attacking the search engine trying to figure out how to attack it and and, and uh, perform well and uh, as a search engineer uh, it's it, we're always on the defense right we're trying to figure out how to write algorithms to make sure that any kind of spam isn't there or uh, just promoting a be- the best user experience you can from a search engines perspective so um, yeah so hopefully I have a good uh, um, perspective and, and can share some secrets uh, that
1: you may not have heard from the Google yeah engineers. <laughs> awesome experience. Love it. Love it. So basically, okay, uh, let's clarify more about that. I mean, like Google has sophisticated algorithms. It's not like content and links. Many things right. can impact them, like If I remember correctly, Google can change the algorithms plus 7,000 times a year, it's a lot, according to some studies, 500 times, uh, but uh, if we are talking about slight changes, 7,000 times because Google shares this data. So can you tell how you mean like you can Calculate which algorithms impact more because I remember someone asked John Mueller about that, and he told that each case is different. It doesn't mean that sometimes links, sometimes content, sometimes EAT, it depends. So, so basically, you can tell where webmasters need to pay more attention, uh, what to improve to get results. Am I right?
0: Yeah. And as Google changes its algorithms, right, you just re- referenced, you know, how often they change things and they do change them quite a bit. The, the actual core algorithms are not changing uh, so, so much. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the uh, what we call the bias or weight settings on those algorithms. Effectively, the relative importance of those of that algorithm uh, as compared to the other algorithms uh, in play. So when you when you do a search on Google, uh, you have uh, what's called a query score. And so you don't see this in, inside of uh, Google search results. You just see ranking one, two, three, four, five, or you know your ads or all the different uh, components of it. Um, but what's happening underneath the hood is there's a query score, and so that query score is made up of uh, a bunch of runtime uh, uh, data. So you know you're searching for something. It's doing a, a search on a, on an index that's already been calculated. Uh, it also is doing a search on things that have been pre-calculated. So things that, uh, that like Google will have uh, algorithms to try to determine the meaning of a page right and so there'll be algorithms that do all kinds of things to try to determine you know what is the topic cluster of this page uh, uh, there's a thing called Google centerpiece annotation which effectively is trying to find what the the, the topic is f- uh, for each section of the page so so there's all these different algorithms that are uh, in play and they all produce a score right so there's some sort of score, it either promotes or demotes that that ranking result uh, based off of that score, and if you model all of these very very precisely, and you don't have to be you know you know exactly what the uh, uh, perfect algorithm is. You're you're you in software. You can model something many different ways and many different uh, uh, ways to code this, right? Many different languages, uh, but the important part is that you're modeling the concept of it, right? So, uh, for instance, uh, we have. uh uh, there's a a a a need for having a site that doesn't have a lot of overlapping content right you want a site that has very unique content and so we have an algorithm that can measure the the correlation of content between pairs of pages in 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 a site and so that's that's a very fundamental idea right you you don't have to uh it's not a magic uh thing but the magic is is how important is that specific algorithm in that specific search engine result page And so this particle swarm optimization this genetic algorithm allows us to run through all these uh, different combinations of settings on all the algorithms and within about 10 minutes we can come out with a set of solutions that uh if you you know change one little thing it doesn't all fall apart it's a, a very what we call a global solution to the problem and so we we can actually see uh the these flavors of algorithms change over time and like you said it changes quite often uh, they're typically very tiny little changes, um, but the trends are very important, right? So, as somebody who might be using these models, if you're looking at this this uh, this flavor of algorithms, and you know, over the course of two or three months, or maybe over the course of a very short period of time, in the, as in, in the case of maybe the the end of last year when the helpful content update rolled out, or any of these other major updates uh, roll out. You can see these trends uh, start to affect the ranking results, and so sites that are performing well in certain algorithms—they got promoted—all of a sudden start pushing up to the top of the ranking positions. And of course, our our systems can correlate that and it can it can point this out in in, in a very clear fashion, so you can easily see, you know, hey, these are the ranking uh, these are the algorithms that are now more important than uh, before. We can measure this, uh, and we can effectively give tasks that give you the highest amount of leverage based off of this knowledge, right? So we, we know this, these are the things that are going to actually move the needle. uh, And, and so that's, that's sort of the concept behind that.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Okay. Uh, Let, uh, let me share the common process, regular process that most SEOs use. For example, they use SEMrush, Ahrefs to find keywords, uh we can use google search console to find uh ranking positions and uh to create the right strategy we usually pay attention uh to topics that have lack of quality content low competition so how uh, you can help during the process i mean like if i know volume if i know uh, what type of keywords can cover sales funnel so how you can help to calculate the right data, I mean, like to choose priorities because uh, I see when companies, you know, create a a, a big list of keywords uh, and yeah, by having limited resources, uh, you know, for me, it's hard to create a lot of content. It takes time, you know, to research, to find uh, information. Uh, So can you tell how to choose priorities by using your services?
0: Yeah, so like having a search engine model is really kind of like a, a cheat code to the search engine, right? So it's like going into Google and asking a search engineer, like, "Hey, if I did this, what would happen, right? If I if I went after these set of keywords, what what, what effect would that have on on, on my bottom line?" So uh the easiest way to do this uh with a search engine model approach is, is even if you're not ranking for that that keyword yet right so we've had many clients uh there's some uh fairly big public ones that we've seen like uh, uh the north american brand michaels this is a uh a brand that uh was trying trying to break into the wedding invitations uh, market and they didn't rank for this at all they they were this part of the site was not even built out yet uh, but they use Brew to basically build the search engine model of all the sites that were ranking very well for that keyword, and that essentially creates a sort of a, a statistical goalpost, right? So you can see exactly what you're trying to aim for, and then also as you're able to to insert your your site into this model, you can sort of guess what's going to happen when you when you make certain changes to the site. So the 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 search engine model also has this forecasting tool that allows you to sort of there's like a bunch of sliders that allow you to sort of say, hey, here's all the tasks that are separating our landing page from the number one site. And certain sites might might do very well in certain algorithms. Certain sites might do well in others. The number one site isn't always the site that you're supposed to copy. This is one of the things that uh, I think is the, one of the biggest failures of, of conventional SEO tools today is. Uh, we get a lot of people that come over from other enterprise SEO software suites, and what they're doing is they tell us they're they're basically taking the top ten or top twenty sites, and they say just take an average of what they're doing, and they say do this right. The problem yeah. with that is, is that you're copying the wrong thing. Uh, so it's often you know you'll have a site that's uh, number three or number four in ranking, and they might be number one in content, right, or they may be number one in, in uh, internal link strategy. And so you wanna be able to, to, to break these apart and understand which sites to copy, uh, what part of the site uh, you should be copying, what part of the strategy you should be copying. So uh, that, that's the, the biggest thing with uh, the search engine model approach is that you're, you're working more of it at a first principles level, right? It's a, a more granular uh, approach where you're actually looking at individual parts of the search engine, seeing which sites are doing the best in those and then copying just those sites. Um, and so this is essentially what this brand Michaels was doing. They were, they were, uh, uh putting up a, a bunch of content in, in the model and seeing what would happen. We, we, we went through a number of iterations, uh, before they got it right. Uh, but the idea is that you want to push that, uh, that those changes out to Google the, the first time and have it right, right? You don't want to make, uh, make a big change, wait a few months, see the changes. If it's negative, then you have to wait another few months to, to roll stuff back or change things and you you end up with this very uh uh, uh, uh a volatile period of time in your in your traffic because you're trying to figure everything out meanwhile if you have your own search engine simulator you can just do this very quickly you can do this within a matter of weeks right so you can make tiny little changes you don't have to throw in 100 changes all at once you can just put in you know two or three little changes uh, quantify exactly what they did to your overall position. And then add additional changes if you're if you're good with those. So you're it's it's from a software perspective we call this unit testing, right? So you always want to be unit testing uh, everything you do, uh, and that that that's sort of what what we've not been able to do in SEO up until this point because you have a, a sort of a black box. You you can put stuff in uh, uh in front of that black box and it will output uh, what it thinks about that. Uh, but you have no idea like what changes did what unless you can isolate you know one individual change and as we know you know that's sort of not practical to be able to just make one one change and wait two months to see and hold everything else constant uh when when your competitors are not being held constant and and so on and so forth so um so yeah
1: interesting yeah interesting (laughs) love it love it yeah uh okay scott uh let's talk about uh content creation process you know i think that content still king you know uh without high quality content Uh, you can forecast everything but if you have no high quality content nothing will help uh and uh, you know today uh in ai era i can see that all writers, uh, I cooperate with great writers who can post on Forbes, Investopedia, many other great websites. Uh, They use AI. You know, you have experience, extended experience with AI. And uh, what I usually see uh, when uh, writers overuse AI, you know, they use generic prompts uh, uh, or create uh, a lot of generic content and trying to mix with uh, some new data. So can you tell how to do it right? Because we can't deny this tool exists. We need to consider and I use a lot AI and get great results. But uh, it takes time, you know, to use this tool smart. It's not like golden button, how to play guitar, how to lose weight. Yeah, it takes time, you know, to find the right props. So can you share your experience? How to do it? For example, you you calculated forecast and you know that we need to improve content your advice about that
0: sure yeah I'll give you the search engineers or the computer scientist uh, perspective um and hopefully I won't I'm, I'm not giving away some major secrets here I probably am so uh this is probably going to make people a lot of money here but um so one of the things you just hit on was that a lot of the the stuff coming out of these large language models is very generic right so uh you you have a thousand people all saying generate me uh uh, questions and answers for these topics and effectively it's it's random in in a little bit uh a way but uh in general it's going to output sort of the same stuff right and of course you know if you have uh, your own large language model like google Uh, you can you you can essentially see this right you can see see the the uh, similarities and effectively all these large language models are are uh, uh, probability predictors right so you get you have a a set of string of words and what's the what's the best probability that these next set of words come after this and so if you have these probabilities already kind of uh, primed in your system you can sort of uh, see all of this happening and, and you can you know uh, take a thousand versions of this and just say, no, we don't, we don't want to like promote this in our search engine. Um, so the, the, really the key to do this is, uh, is to make things unique, right? So you want your, your AI content to be, uh, as unique as possible. So the, 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 what we've seen works very well is to create uh, a lot of personas, right? So, um, if, if, uh, we had a site that created, uh, I think uh, two or 300 different personas, uh, around basically just different writers or different the way that the 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 content was going to be generated there's different ways to organize this but uh creating these personas um makes your content unique because you can actually go back to the large language model and say give me the answer to this question in the style of this persona right and if that persona is unique uh, then you're going to get a, a a very unique twist on that content. It's not going to be replicated by anybody else because they don't have that that persona that they've created. So we've seen sites do very well in the last six months with uh, first creating the personas. Right? You have uh, uh, you can create as many as you need. It really depends on the scale. And we, we'll we'll talk a little bit about like how fast you should be doing this because uh, it turns out that you can't just generate you know 10,000 pages right out of the gate. If you don't have the commensurate uh, backlink structure to to go with that, um, this is another thing that's very easy for search engineers to see. Uh, they can look at the content on a uh, the, number, the amount of content on a site, and then they can see the, the citation structure around that, the way that the link structure uh, looks, and uh, if it doesn't match up, then then it looks very uh, 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 unnatural. So so um, but anyways, back to the, the writing, if you if you have these uh, personas and you're you're writing in the different styles of this, uh, that's that's good. Right. So you could have one article per one persona better yet. You can mix multiple personas into each article. Right. So you may have two or three or four different writers contribute to one article and that all of a sudden makes it even more unique. Right. Because now you've gotten all these unique styles and now you're combining them in different combinations that are effectively giving you the ability to, to have uh, many different combinations of, of st- writing styles in each page. So uh, and it really, that's the way to scale, right? So if you were to scale this a, at a very large rate, that would be the way to do it without running out of personas or style stylistic writing uh, uh, um, approaches. So that, that's the the one thing. And then back to the, the, the velocity of the content, uh, we have a thing called, and so in, in Market Brew, uh, we have uh, a uh, thing called a, the link neighborhood. And so what this uh, measures is uh, we have an inbound and an outbound version of this, uh, but what it's trying to do is it's trying to look at what the average amount of uh, link equity per page is in a site. So what that means is you have a certain amount of backlinks coming into your subdomain. It gets distributed among all the different pages in your site in a certain distribution. Uh, we we call this the link flow distribution, uh, link equity distribution, any way you wanna uh, call it. And this, uh, this tells the search engine a, a number of things, right? It tells us uh, which pages are the most important pages in your site relative to the other pages in that site. Uh, the most efficient way to do this is to make sure that you have the sites, the pages that are the most competitive, that need the most link equity, uh, are at the top of that link, link distribution. And the ones that are long tail and don't really need that, they, they do well just on their own with their unique content, uh, are at the bottom of that link, link flow distribution. Uh, either way, you have a distribution of, of uh, uh, PR and backlink structure that's coming into that subdomain. And that can only support a certain amount of pages. Uh, there's because as we add more pages, this this link equity per page value will start to go down, and of course uh, we've we we can rewind back to like 2009 when we had the supplemental index. If anybody of you've been in SEO long enough, there's there was a thing called the the supplemental index. This was before the caffeine update in in Google. I'll get I'll get into that in a second, but the uh, the supplemental index effectively was Google's way to uh scale their systems right so they had so much content uh they could only focus on a certain part of the internet all at once and so everything else would go on to the supplemental index uh this would be uh there'd be different names for it like the sandbox and all these other things uh, but effectively, that's what was happening. And, and, and when people talk about, you know, new sites getting sandboxed or getting, you know, uh, that whole thing, what's happening is it's not that it's a new site. It's just that a site doesn't have that backlink structure yet. Right. So there, there's a gate about how much content that you can generate, uh, given the, the sort of the history of the site and, and the link structure around that site. So that supplemental index eventually got merged into uh one uh, after the caffeine update the caffeine update was their way to effectively uh uh uh, remove two different uh systems and then just basically only focus on updating their ranking uh their their search results uh with a certain set of uh, a subset of the internet um and that that uh confused a lot of people by the way caffeine uh still confuses a lot of people people see changes on the search results They'll, they'll make a change in their content Tomorrow they'll see the change in their meta title, right? They see it immediately on their search results, and they think that Google has gone and rescored everything, and they should just proceed as, as if that that scoring process is over. And caffeine basically bifurcated the two, right? So there's a presentation layer update that uh, is basically very narrow and shallow, right? Things that they think that aren't going to make too much of a difference in ranking, uh, they'll they'll go ahead and push that up into the uh, into their public results. And then there's a scoring process on the back end that takes longer, right? So uh, this there's a reason why it takes longer, uh, the scale of things, and also just that every algorithm uh, in the system, a lot, of the, a lot of these algorithms depend on the outputs of other algorithms. So there's, there's this very serialized process that goes on. Uh, so, so you can see a change on Google when you make a change, but that doesn't mean that your ranking and your scoring process has, has completed. And so that's often why you see, you know, you might get promoted for a month, but then the, the next month, all of a sudden your traffic goes away and you're like, what happened? I didn't do anything. So what, what's happening is that it's running through that scoring process and you're, you're seeing that update Uh, kick in after that long, long lengthy scoring process as compared to just the the topical presentation layer update. So anyway, so that's the caffeine update and it confuses people to to this day. Um, So typically what we see is uh, it takes about 45 to 60 days to go through this, this pipeline of scoring uh, in in, uh, Google. Uh, It's been relatively the same uh, for the last five or six years uh we we know this because in market brew we can see the ranking uh the rankings update instantly on on day one and then we can measure the what the rank trackers uh do and and they typically catch up around day 45 to day 60. so we we have a very good confidence level that that scoring pipeline uh timeline but the content is really the the most important thing to circle back to your answer is to, to do this correctly, you want to create personas. You want to create unique styles. You can combine these styles on the same piece of content to, to produce uh, a very unique approach that not, not a thousand other people aren't going to uh, uh, do. You have to realize that these large language models are are available to anybody. Uh, through, you know, even if you're using a third-party app that's built upon these large language models, which you're, you're seeing a hundred of these every week uh, pop up. These startups. That have their unique twists and stuff, but they're all based off these same large language models. Uh, one of the things that these these startups are doing is 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 just that, right? So uh, they there's there's a startup that uh, I, I slipped my uh, mind what the name of it was, but it's a startup that creates a whole team for you, right? And that's what they're doing. They're creating these personas, right? And then they're overlaying that on top of the content that you're writing. So as you're writing content, it picks a persona. It basically pulls these styles in and says, hey answer this question in the style of this persona and, and this persona they may say here's the biography of this person right and and just list all the things that that, that describes the the background of this person the way that they uh, they speak or their 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 angle on everything so that's the first thing to do and then the second thing to realize is that when we get into the programmatic seo world and we're we're generating and pumping a lot of this because the 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 Inclination is to want to just go as fast as possible. You can just, uh, scale this and and do 10,000, a hundred thousand pages. Uh, you, you have to have the backlink structure, uh, beside that. So that's why you're seeing a lot of these like large companies that have already this big link network around them, uh, pumping out AI content. And it's just taking off for them because they have that backlink structure, right? I've seen, we see this all the time. We see sites in all different, uh, uh, ways, right? So sites that are just starting, uh, we work in market We mostly work with uh, very large brands. Uh, however, we're, we're slowly moving uh, into like smaller markets with uh, agencies around the world, but most of these big brands, they don't have any problem with this. They can just pump out t- uh, 10,000 new pieces of content and immediately rank for all of these or a large portion of them. Whereas like a startup, you know, once they get past page 50, uh, there's a d- diminishing rate of return until they go back and and do more PR and more backlink structure. So uh, I would say to wrap up the how to do content right is don't just focus on content on your page uh, or on your site. Uh, focus on a lot of this content on other sites, right? Try to try to in- integrate the the AI content into your PR uh, approach where you're getting backlinks. You you basically want to uh, whether it's guest posting or whatever it happens to be. Uh, uh, try to integrate that into that because that's almost as important as the the content on your site uh, when it comes to scaling this.
1: Yeah, nice. Yeah, valuable. By the way, I use ChatGPT to edit press releases and uh, it works well. We got mentioned a few days ago on CNN. It's first time, you know. PR manager told me. It's the first time for 16 years, CNN replied to uh, this press release. <laughs> yeah, And even more... Maybe it was, was uh, mentioned... maybe it was a chat
0: GPT that replied to you from CNN.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I see this mention on the URL on CNN.com. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, Scott, I want to cool. ask uh, the question, probably broad question, but anyway, I still get this question. You know, like I remember in 2015... Uh, Andrei Lipitz from Google shared that three most important algorithms, uh, content, link building, and Reagan brain. Today, things change many times, uh, eight years after that. But um, and uh, Google mentioned many times that backlinks uh, have no impact that uh, before. So uh, and uh, according to your data. You mentioned a lot about backlinks, about content. So according to your data, is it good idea today to invest in link building? Because, you know, I spoke with some webmasters today. I spoke with uh, head of SEO, uh, wise.com. Uh, They, this website uh, has uh, plus 25 million traffic, SEO traffic, and they told me, you know, they don't use link building. (laughs) I spoke with many other great resources. They don't use link building. Some uh, uh, websites use a lot link building, uh, get results, and they tell because of link building. So can you tell the impact of link building today? Because you mentioned a lot about link building according to your data.
0: Yeah, so it, it comes down to just perspectives, right? Uh, and 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 a lot of people, and this is a very human thing to do, is is to fall into the trap of, uh, you know, having a, a big success and thinking that it's all attributed to what you did exactly, right? It's that's you just replicate that and it'll happen again. Um, there's a, a Nassim Taleb uh, wrote about uh, "Fooled by Randomness" is a good book, and so I recommend anybody uh, go out and and uh, read that book, "Fooled by Randomness." Um, basically what's happening here is there's a lot of anecdotal evidence. uh, And most people when they do SEO don't have enough data to see the full picture. Uh, They're not a search engineer, so they don't see, you know, a billion sites and they look at the data set and they're like, you know, they can see a statistical anomaly or something like that. So uh, I think a lot of this is attributed to uh, perspectives. And I think so in that, in that respect, I think a lot of people, that are saying these things are all right right so everybody is right they're all based off of their background yes. and their history uh sites that uh are already have a huge amount of content well they have a backlink structure right they're, they're they they already if there are if they have a large piece of, of content right ten thousand pages 100 pages and they're still going then that means implicitly that they already have a backlink structure otherwise they wouldn't be ranking for any of these pages and they would get rid of them so if they already have that structure, then of course building backlinks isn't necessary, right? They can just pump out content and it works. And they think to themselves, "Well, backlinks don't count because it doesn't—it's not necessary." And on the flip side of things, you have sites that maybe have uh, not as much of a backlink structure as their competitors, and they can write content after content, and it's just not working for them. But as soon as they go and get a couple of, of key articles on uh, high dom- you know domain authority uh, sites, all of a sudden boom, it happens for them And so in their mind, they they're right. they think it's all about links yeah. because you know the links are what pushed uh, us over the top. So I think uh, I think all of them are kind of right. It really just depends on the, the, the situation that you're in. Uh, that's why we created market brew because we we everything's in context, right So every search engine result page not only has a different set of flavors of algorithms, But also has a different flavor of competitors so certain competitors may have a a very big uh entrenched backlink structure and pr media and some some may not and it really just depends on where you're sitting and what you have to uh, overcome to get to that position so i think that's the the straightforward answer from the the search engineer's perspective
1: yeah i couldn't agree more uh you know i think everyone is right if it works for them so uh, i can't criticize Websites that have 25 million traffic, (laughs) you know, I'm far away from that. So, yeah, uh, I just learned from them and yeah, it depends. And Scott, my final question about uh, your experience. You know, I found that we usually get great results with customers who understand SEO. If they don't, I tell them, take my course, learn from Lily Ray, uh, Jeff Coyle, Mike Phillips. Chelsea Alves, many other great experts. Uh, It costs like $20, not a lot. Uh, Go to Google, go to YouTube, learn. uh, Just learn, get the basic of how SEO works. Then we can cooperate like a cohesive team. Uh, Let's imagine you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. It's your first day in SEO. Forget about Market Brew, about your AI experience, your first day in SEO. What will you do today to learn more about SEO?
0: Um I think there's you know there's two paths to everything uh in education right there's there's uh reading books and, and learning about others uh and their experiences and then there's doing it yourself right it's learning through your own first hand experience. Um so I think I think the, the 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 book smarts will only take you so far in SEO today I think um particularly because there's all these perspectives, right? And so you'll get into the, uh, the education part of it and you start to think, well, wait a minute, this person said this works, but this person said it doesn't work and they both seem right, you know? And so you end up, uh, almost kind of confusing yourself. And instead I would recommend just kind of, uh, what I would do, at least that's, that's my, my approach to most things is, uh, just start, start your own site and, and try to, uh, try to, actually on a firsthand experience try to do these things and learn what works and what doesn't Um, it it will take longer to do this but i think it's very important Uh, maybe you can get involved in somebody else's uh, project uh, that might speed things up but i think uh, just seeing uh, and understanding that there are all these different components that go into seo right it's not just uh, about content it's not just about links there's many different aspects to this Uh, I think studying, you know, the background and the history of all the different algorithms that Google has released is a good uh, way of doing this. Uh, If you haven't heard of SEO by the sea, I don't know where you've been for the last 15 years. Uh, But, uh, um, uh, SEO by the sea was a great repository and is still a great repository of, of basically all the the white papers or patents that have come out of Google. I know that when we were building market brew, this is what we were doing. We were, we were watching uh, all the different things that were coming out publicly and kind of uh, implicitly trying to figure out exactly what uh, how how you would model this. And so uh, just uh, being able to sort of uh, I guess I guess a, a, a big tool in in your arsenal as an SEO today would be to learn how to uh, uh, code in whatever language that you that you can. Uh, being able to to write up a program and simulate things, even if it's just really small, it doesn't have to be a huge search engine with a thousand different algorithms. You can just have one little tool to just run things through and see how a search engine sees the world, right? That's the goal is you want to be able to see like a search engine. And so when you're writing content or you're building links or whatever happens to be in, in between, you want to be able to think like a search engine. What is that search engine going to see? How is it going to evaluate this? Um, and you can compare this with other sites that are doing you know better than you. You can see what why is that search engine seeing uh, that these sites are better, and so uh, that's that's the concept behind it. Is you really just want to uh, uh, get into it on your own, and and uh, at a certain point, the the all these educational courses, while they're all great in and of themselves, uh, they will start to conflict in a way, and you you may end up in this like trough of disillusionment where you're just basically going, "Wait wait a minute, I don't understand. These people are seemingly contradicting themselves, and really all that is is that." You have to realize that everybody came from a different perspective. Uh, they worked on different sites and different uh, competitive landscapes. And, uh, and that that's really the secret is that it, it's all unique, right? So each each instance, each search result is going to be unique uh, position. And so uh, by starting out and doing something that's unique, maybe a, a long term uh, keyword that hasn't been uh, competitive yet uh, or these these uh, niche sites that uh, a lot of uh, uh, educational courses are out there on niche sites uh, th- this is uh, sort of a a good perspective of how things can be unique and how you can learn that each each uh, situation is going to be slightly different and you have to be able to kind of think like a search engine. Or did I lose you Anatoly. I think we lost Anatoly. <laughs> Let's see, uh, what can we talk about here while we get them back? Um, So yeah, a little bit more background uh, on MarketBrew. If you guys are interested, you can go to marketbrew.ai and fill out a uh, demo request. And we'll do our best to basically build some models for you. You can see sort of all of this in action and and understand sort of uh, exactly how a search engine is looking at this data and your site in the context of all your competitors. Uh, and uh, we'll be very happy to help out in doing so. We actually have a a team of search engineers that we're now partnering with agencies around the world. So if you're an agency that would like to use this for your prospects or clients, uh, you can uh, uh, contact us the same way, the demo request form at marketbrew.ai, and we can uh, discuss details on how we are partnering with agencies around the world so that we're able to actually provide a team of search engineers underneath your team uh, as a way to sort of have a full stack of services for prospects and clients uh, uh, when they are trying to figure out why things are ranking the way they are and, uh, and uh, which specific algorithms are causing the the biggest gaps between uh, their, their landing pages and uh, the number one position. So. Alrighty. Did I take over this? Did I take over this uh, podcast? I may have, I'm not sure. (laughs) We've lost Anatoly. All right, I will take any questions if you want. Uh, We have another uh, uh, site uh, called SearchEngineer.com, And if you have any questions about uh sort of my background or if you want to know a little bit more about uh search engineering uh then be, feel free to head over there ask uh we have a, a a bunch of questions uh on uh the site i can go through some of these uh let me go through let's see uh, how many google sub sub algorithms are there really um so yeah there's uh there's thousands of algorithms uh and, and there are a lot of mini algorithms that essentially uh, feed into multiple different uh, bigger algorithms. Uh, so it's a lot, of, a lot of chicken and the egg, uh, You know, where one algorithm will process a certain amount of data, and the output of that algorithm will then feed into an, another algorithm. Uh, a good case in point would be uh, link scoring, right? So uh, one of the things that we look at when we in- evaluate each link on a page is the relevancy of that anchor text in the link to that target page. And so to determine the relevancy, we also have to understand what is that target page about? And so to understand that you have to have a number of semantic algorithms, uh, both keyword and entity based that allow us to understand and quantify what that page is about. And so you can start to see uh, uh, all of these kind of recursive calculations that occur. We have a thing called the, the market focus in, in market Brew, which is a keyword based approach to understanding the meaning of a page. And it combines the sort of the content on the page. We're back. I held it down, Anatoly. (laughs) Oh, no. Click. There you go. You're back. Yeah. All right. (laughs) So, yeah, I was just kind of answering some questions about uh, what we had on our site at ask.thesearchengineer.com and sort of uh, going through some of those while you were gone. Um, But, yeah, so we were just talking about the different algorithms and how they feed into Um, each other and uh, the recursive nature of these algorithms. So, oh, right, we got you. Looks like we're having some technical difficulties.
1: With my internet, I have no idea what's going on, so, but... Scott Someone send this guy a
0: Starlink package. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I need I need it I need it right now I'll call, I'll call Elon good, up Elon's know. a friend
0: of mine I'll call him up all right <laughs> we'll send you whatever <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah okay Scott anyway thanks a lot for taking part uh yeah this... yeah and uh, tell the best way how to keep learning from you how to follow you how to reach out to you
0: yeah I did while you're gone uh, if you guys want to go to marketbrew.ai uh there's a plethora of information there also ask.the that's a non-commercial site where you can just kind of look at my background and my history and uh you can ask questions directly to me I'm always available uh to to interact uh with anybody who wants to learn a little bit more about what's going on so
1: yeah okay guys you can find all these links in the description below listen us on Apple Google spotify uh thanks again scott a big pleasure welcome back anytime i hope the next time i will have the star link you know <laughs> or whatever <laughs> but yeah it, it happens you know time to time but yeah uh i recommend to anyone to uh, follow scott on social media because you can see a lot of value uh open very active market. on twitter twitter and linkedin uh you can follow me there Nice. Nice. Yeah. And uh, open market brew take uh, this forecast predictions, you know, because you can see uh, today if you have no priorities, if you don't know what to do, if you try to satisfy all the algorithms, it's literally impossible, you know, to uh, be successful everywhere. But if you know where you need to pay more attention. Sometimes you can use less resources, but get much better results. Okay, guys. Love you. See you Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple,
0: Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.